0: We have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. You know, Mike, so much is going on and, and, uh, we see our lawmakers breaking the laws. They sit there and gripe about them, but they're the ones who instigated them. I mean, they're the ones who implemented. They, they wrote them. They put them in place and now they don't like them. And instead of changing them, they just got this, we've got all this fighting going on. And while all this is going on, we have illegal immigrants just by the hordes coming across this nation, the borders, we have them coming in, as you said, on airplanes. They're coming in all over the place, ignoring everything, and it's worrisome. We have become a hub for human trafficking. They want to legalize all the drugs and take all your uh, Second Amendment away from you. They don't want to stop with one Little gun or this little gun or this no, no, ammo, no, 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 they want right. to take it all. They want to take it all.
1: Yeah give, yeah, give 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 them your finger. They'll take your hand, and then they'll go for your arm and, and continue on. And uh, but look again, it's both parties. Let, let's be yes, clear. yes, it is.
0: This. It absolutely is.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and so think of how controversial the border wall is. First of all, the border wall by itself would not solve the immigration problem. Okay, so let's be clear. Second of all, I'm going to say something, and someone's going to be sitting there saying, that can't be right. He must be mistaken, because I'm about to tell you that the border wall was never designed to stop the entry of even one single person. That was not the purpose for the border wall. You heard me correctly. The border wall was not designed to stop people from entering the United States. If it was, it would have blocked off the ports of entry. All that the border wall is designed to do is to funnel everybody and all commerce through ports of entry so they can be screened, vetted, and we can create a record of entry. Keep out the criminals yes. and the terrorists. If you go to Title Eight, United States Code Section 1182, and I frequently include links to these sections of law so that you can see what the law says. I don't make anything up. I don't, you know shoot my mouth off without knowing what i'm talking about i remember my parents who tragically died of cancer when i was in college uh, i wasn't allowed to run my mouth at the dinner table unless i could back it up because otherwise my dad would look over his glasses you know and give me what i used to call the father look (laughs) and you know i'm thinking now about my dad and father's day coming and the importance of parenting and i'm the proud parent of four kids and four grandchildren that my dad would look over those glasses with a stern look and he'd say, Mike, empty barrels make a lot of noise. And to this day, I still think of those lessons, the words of wisdom from both of my parents. So, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't say anything. So what I give you are facts that are um, supportable. You, you can find the, the law. You can find everything. They're in my articles. at front page mag. I hope people will check them out. And I discuss this on my radio show, the Michael Cutler Hour, that I do on Friday nights at Blog Talk Radio. And, and so the border wall was simply designed to move people into the United States. And if you look at the law, it's about keeping out aliens who um, have uh, serious public health concerns. They have dangerous, contagious diseases. They're seriously mentally ill, criminals, terrorist spies, human rights violators, fugitives from justice, human traffickers, drug smugglers. And then we get to aliens who, if they worked, would displace American workers. Nothing about race or religion. OK, these are all the lies that were being spoonfed by the globalists in both parties. Absolutely. So the idea is that the border wall would make certain that everybody and everything goes through a port of entry. And, you know, the analogy to the border wall is that velvet rope at the bank that guides customers to the next available teller. The <laughs> analogy for the border wall is the cattle run at the airport that guides passengers to the next available TSA agent. And who in their right mind would get on board an airplane if they saw people sneaking past TSA? Finally, the border wall and the ports of entry are the parallel to the way we go to a ball game. If you go to a football stadium, a ballpark, you're expected to go through a gate, buy a ticket, maybe go through a metal detector, and then go to your seat. You don't traipse across the field. Any politician... Any politician, I don't care if they're with the Hopping Kangaroo Party, if they voted against the border wall, want narcotics and criminals to enter the United States, they want cheap labor that displaces American workers and is destroying the middle class. What do you think of that I think you're
0: absolutely 100%, 200% correct. I've been saying that here. It's not a – it's – you know, we've got the Democrats that are doing what they're doing. I'm talking about the ones in D.C. and even in our states – And then we have the Republicans that sit there and act like they want to do something different, but they don't. They make a lot of noise, but nothing ever happens.
1: No, and it was the Democrats who used to be strongest on border security because they used to represent blue-collar, hard-working Americans. It was the Republicans who wanted to bring in the labor to make the corporations happy. Okay, let's be very blunt about this.
0: And that's both
1: of them. <laughs> it was Ronald Reagan who started the visa waiver program. Yeah. He gave us the first amnesty. And by the way, we're told, oh, there's 11 million, and if we give them lawful status, then we can solve the problem. First of all, there's no capacity to interview anybody. Forget about field investigations. There is no way to know how long somebody has been in the United States. So if you say, well, if they've been living here for the last eight years, that's great. How do you prove it when you run the border? There is absolutely no way to determine when they entered because there's no record of entry. There's no ability to interview millions and certainly no ability to do field investigations for millions. Second of all, the 11 million number is one of the biggest lies being told. We were told there are 11 million 15 years ago. By now, there's probably 30 million, okay, maybe more. Now, here's the number nobody talks about. If you legalize an illegal alien, they immediately get the immediate right to petition to bring in all of their minor children and their spouses if they're not already here. Now, I agree with that law. If you move to a new city, you move with your family, okay? So if you're going to legalize people, then they have the right to bring their children here. Now, here's the problem. Let's say we legalize 25 million. It could be 30 million. It could be 35 million, okay? And let's say, on average, they claim four children each. Maybe they're going to claim 10. I don't know. I'm trying to give low numbers so no one says I'm exaggerating. So let's say, round numbers, 25 million illegal aliens get lawful status. Let's say, on average, they petition to bring in four children who are not yet here. Do the math. We are looking at an immediate influx of 100 million Children who immediately have got to go to school and be educated under our laws. There was a study done by the Congressional Budget Office back in 2006 or 2007. They estimated that it costs 20 to 40% more to educate children who are not English proficient. Imagine a hundred million kids coming to America who suddenly need English language training as well as other education. Where in the world will the resources come from? How do you build the classrooms? How do you hire the teachers? What is the impact on Americans? Now, if you want to talk about being green, the only green they're being is the green is in money, because every person here has an environmental footprint. We all need more than a pillow to sleep on. There's a serious drought throughout the West. They're rationing water in California. Every person needs a minimum of a hundred gallons of water per day if you admit a million people that means a hundred million gallons of water per day think of it in those terms everyone here not only needs water but they need food electricity sewerage transportation education in other words infrastructure how in the world can america sustain the influx of 100 million it could be more it could be less i think it's a reasonable ballpark number I wrote an article not long ago where I said that there ought to be a requirement that any immigration law is preceded by an environmental impact study. What do you think of that idea, Beth
0: Well, I think it's an idea. You know, how come, uh, Miss, uh The World is Going to End, AOC isn't calculating this devastation on America because they as we don't think.
1: care. And, and if they really cared about <laughs> human lives, why don't they care that, that last year over 100,000 people died of drug overdoses? And that doesn't include the violent crimes committed by people who had drugs. When we see and violent it, crimes and mass shootings, why do we never find out what, what drugs may have been running through the veins of the shooter? We hear yeah. about toxicology reports when a drunk driver has a car accident when was the last time you heard about a toxicology report being issued concerning
0: somebody okay. who committed and, a, a And a, we're, headed a, a in, a we're headed into a break, shooting. so we're going to have to stop right there, and we'll pick it back up when we come back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio with Beth Ann, and Mike Cutler as our guest today. We'll be right back.
3: Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? Are you having a difficult
4: time getting in and out of your old bathtub? Here's a new, affordable idea to consider. When you bought your home years ago, you had a traditional bathtub, and you put a shower curtain in it, and it lasted for years. But now, maybe you or your mom is having difficulty getting in and out of a high-step tub. For some people, that can be an accident waiting to happen. If you or one of your parents is in this situation and you don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, call Steve at Senior Safety Pro Tub to Shower today. They can help you convert any old bathtub into a walk-in shower, in some cases under $2,000, in about a week. It's simple, beautiful, and priced just right. Call Steve right now for your free consultation. 800-809-4221. 800-809-4221. 800-809-4221. That's 800-809-4221.
0: Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, 6-piece towel set and Roll and Go Anywhere MyPillows and so much more. Just go to the Radio Listener Specials page at mypillow.com and use promo code Bethann or call 1-800-978
5: I am Elmer Heinrich, president of the company that sells Immuno 150, the most complete nutritional product on the market. This product contains 9 exotic fruits, 13 vitamins, 17 herbs, 18 amino acids, 70 minerals, COQ10, flaxseed, and much more. The 70 minerals are the key. Immuno 150 has what your body needs, especially the 70 minerals, because you have probably never consumed more than 20 minerals in your life. Place your order for Immuno 150 and include a supply for your children and grandchildren because they need 70 minerals as badly as you do. My wife and I have taken Immuno 150 for many years. I am 88 years old, she is 79, and we're both in perfect health. No aches, no pains, nothing. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is $49.95 and can be ordered on our website, Immuno150.com, or by calling 888-316-2224. That's 888 888- 316 Like thousands of others, you won't believe the results.
0: And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Mike Cutler. Mike, I'm just so glad that you joined us again today. I apologize that it takes me so long to get back at you. We've been really full trying to get as many guests on as we possibly can. It's so much, oh, is, going uh, so much is going on. Uh, so much is going on. Before we continue our conversation, we are in the final segment. I want you to give, it is frontpagemagazine.com, isn't it?
1: It's frontpagemag.com.
0: Mag, not okay. And my the, okay. own
1: website is, is michaelcutler.net. And I like to tell people that democracy is not a spectator sport. I know we live in a republic, but it's a democratic process or a democratic philosophy where the people control the government, uh, not as much as it should be these days, though. Um, and, well, and, and, let's and that's, face it,
0: yeah, I was going to say, and that's what a republic is. That's why they don't want us to know that, because the republic means the people are the ones in charge. Uh, Right. To be go- but, but, to be governed but, by the governed, you know. So, it's right.
1: uh, but, yeah. But 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 but, but, to, but to make it easy, what I like to say is that democracy is not a spectator sport. Meaning that we have to get involved and we need to have conversations with our neighbors. Not Absolutely. fights.
0: Not fights. Don't get exactly. nasty.
1: By the way, sometimes people say things and it makes your head spin.
0: Yeah. How
1: many times have I heard <laughs> people refer to Democrats as bleeding hearts? Wait a moment. We want to be compassionate. Compassion is an attribute, not a, not a negative, but we need to be compassionate for our fellow Americans before we worry about the world. Charity begins at home. If you have children and you lack the resources to care for your own children, you don't give money to charity. How many American kids are living in poverty? Think about that. How many American children are having problems because of drug overdoses and families that are split up by drugs? And, by the way, the drug money is funding terrorism, it's funding Iran, the fentanyl is, is sending tons of money to China. So we're funding America's adversaries and destroying lives of Americans here at home. And, you know, back in, 19, in 2018, the um, House Subcommittee on Intelligence and Counterterrorism held a hearing And it was on the topic of the state sponsors of terrorism and examination of Iran's global terrorism network. Now, when you think Hezbollah, you think Middle East. You think Iran, Lebanon, and so forth. Believe it or not, Hezbollah is super active throughout Latin America. Let me just read this to you, and then I'm going to make a quick statement and whatever else you want to do. But I want to give you a reason why they might want all these people to come to the United States. As I recently wrote, is the head of Homeland Security. I used to call the Department of Homeland Surrender. It still is, but it's now the Department of um, Hospitality Services. <laughs> Let me just tell you about the dangers of the Mexican border, although we are a country of 50 border states. It's not the only way they're coming. In recent years, this was the um, quote from an expert witness, Dr. Emmanuel Odolenge for the Foundation of Defense of Democracies, and nobody contested what he had to say. Okay, everyone agreed with him at the hearing in recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates. This is Latin America, not the Middle East folks. Okay, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites, cooperation includes the laundering of drug money, arranging multi ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and its efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep Shia's communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. Well, that's concerning, but now pay attention to this next sentence, because this keeps me awake almost every night, Bethan. This toxic crime terror nexus, that is, Iran-sponsored Hezbollah working with the drug cartels and human traffickers. This toxic crime terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. Think of those caravans. Mm -hmm. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America. It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. That's what is going on on our southern border.
3: I, and the I key wanted...
1: to immigration enforcement is interior enforcement, because aliens who are willing to be arrested multiple times will succeed. And what are we doing from within the interior? Less than nothing. You have Homeland Security saying they will not go after immigration fraud, people lying on the applications, even though that was identified by the 9-11 Commission as the number one method of of entry and embedding for terrorists. They're not going after people of higher illegal aliens. And meanwhile, we're releasing criminals, whether they're aliens or not, back out onto the street, attacking law enforcement, You have prosecutors who think they're defense attorneys. Yale University providing free law education to students, and if you read what they said, they want those lawyers, once they graduate, to become agents for change across broad spectrums of society in the United States. So the attorneys that are coming out of Yale and other law schools aren't looking to practice law, but to basically, uh, if you want to talk about wage insurrection, that's really what we're looking at. Yeah. And if you look at what's happening with the bodies coming across the border, well, there was a wonderful report by Judicial Watch, which included an inspector general report. Apparently, an individual who worked for the Biden administration uh, over at ICE, who was part of the transition team, left and went to work for a company that had zero experience in providing shelter for the illegal aliens. They call them migrants. They're not. And guess what? They got a 500 million no bid contract. They didn't have to compete for the money right after this guy who left the Biden administration went to work for that so-called NGO non-government organization, yeah. also known as a non-profit, but don't believe it's a non-profit. And in fact, the inspector general found that at least 16 or 17 million dollars was paid to that organization for, for beds that were never used. And if you bring in more people, there will be more contracts. There will be more money being sent to these NGOs uh, providing more opportunities for corruption by our own government. What do you, you know, think of that?
0: I, I think what you said about the Hezbollah makes a lot of sense with something I was told here recently. uh Retired military. And uh, he has a friend down there on the border, and he said he saw a group of these that came over. Most of them are young men of fighting age so to speak, and he said he heard the one man say something in Hispanic and they all went to attention. Now that scares you because we are being invaded. Our own people are allowing it to happen where they're putting us in more and more danger and then they want to disarm us and the American people had better be paying attention and like you said, I always say a republic only works if the people are working it, and we're not working it. Yeah. We're letting all these others take advantage of us. We've been very we're lousy patient.
1: Employers. We're yeah. Yeah. We lousy employers. We How are, are You are absolutely right. We
0: have been lazy, and uh, you don't uh, have liberty and security when you're lazy. And uh, it's it's a mess we're in. We're out of time. By the way, look at the
1: gangs and look at the gangs coming across. We had. Yes. I started investigating MS-13 in about 1992. It was a small problem. When Mr. Obama gave us the unaccompanied minor program, MS-13 exploded across America, metastasized across mm-hmm. America. And by the way, the people at greatest risk at this point are the members of the ethnic immigrant communities, not Absolutely. just from Latin America, but from Absolutely. around the world, because that's where illegal aliens go to live. They Absolutely. live within the communities that most resemble who they are. and, and human nature is human nature. And we're we, criminals <laughs> found in every ethnicity, every culture in every country. And- and we now have an open door for all of these criminals and
0: the nature all of,
1: of the violence, and we're paying the price.
0: And Mike, the nature of the clock is we're out of time. Thank you so much. God bless you for all that you do and say to help bring
2: America home.
3: Welcome.
2: Welcome. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you
0: today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. There's a whole bunch of stuff i got to cover before we bring on our guests. I'm going to do this as quick as I can. But first, we're going to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, oh, most gracious Heavenly Father, we praise and honor you for the great I Am that you are. We thank you for all your blessings. We ask, Father, for your protection For the wisdom of Solomon, the courage of David and of Queen Esther and Deborah. We cannot win these battles against evil men without you, O God. Place your hedge of protection around your people. It is for such a time as this you have placed me here. And I thank you for those you have put in my path. Bless today's show and bless my guest Bless my listeners and my sponsors, Father. May there be blessings one to another. For such a time as this, you have placed all of us here today. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Happy birthday to President Donald J. Trump. He's 36 years young and free this morning. (laughs) And I thank you for the sacrifice he has made Thank him for the sacrifice he has made and for this country and continues to make for this country. Happy 247th birthday to the U.S. Army. And thank each and every one of you out there who served your country. And happy Flag Day, America. I have a story here that Rudy kind of uh Presented with me this morning. I'm going to go through it very very quickly. but did you notice know that today's flag, the one that we salute, the one that we always stop and hang out was designed by a 17 year old in high school. They had a little project for history and he decided because at that moment at that time they were getting ready to uh put in another state so we had Hawaii and Alaska coming in to the states and had to make the flag obsolete. So he got to work and he designed this flag. And, of course, before the stars were all straight and in line, and now they're kind of not so much so. The stripes stayed the same. Well, his teacher wasn't overly impressed with his project and only gave him a B minus. And they chuckled about it. He didn't know why he'd picked it out, and he thought, you know. And then he told the young man, he said, Well, when it becomes the state flag, I'll, I'll give your grade an A. Well, he started writing letters to Congress and to whoever he could to uh, get his flag. And he got a call from President Eisenhower. And this young boy's name was Robert Heft. And he was from Baltimore, Maryland. And today, we hoist the flag that he designed. And yes, his teacher changed his grade to an A from a B-minus. So the current flag we rep that we uh salute was not made by some large team of professional designers, but by a seventeen year old, a young American who decided to honor the flag. And it was time to upgrade it, <laughs> update it. Well, in recent months, the last crazy few years, actually, we have Americans who seem to be threatened. Some anti-American Americans, they think that the flag is scary when somebody hoists it up. They think something horrible is going to happen. Well, we pledge allegiance to the flag, but not to that piece of cloth. It is merely a symbol of what we once held so dear, that old American dream of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness with the freedom in America to be all you can be. For we believe in equality, not equity. We believe in hard work, and it is rewarded, not punished. We believe in God, family, and in country. The divisions we have today among our own, it isn't about skin color or even about Republican or Democrat. It's about moving this America, removing what we believe in, freedom and independence standing for justice and equality for all the lack of understanding of the origin of our nation with the flag and what it actually represents so rudy has a new favorite song and i'm only going to share a few words of it it's by dirk spitley it starts out freedom is the name of the song is the keys to your daddy's car it's a night alone beneath the de- desert stars it's 5 o'clock whistle It's a classroom bell. We all want to break the chains, feel the wind against our face. Everybody wants the same thing. We want to taste the freedom. Everybody around here wants to taste the freedom. But it is the last verse that I wanted to concentrate on. We all want to break, uh, excuse me, the flag on the soldier's sleeve. All around the world, they know what it means. And they all want just a little piece of freedom. We have a flag flying outside our office here. I try to embrace it or touch it each morning when I walk in. But it isn't that piece of cloth. It's what it stands for. Freedom. Not the chaotic kind, but liberty. So far we've held on to most of that freedom because of the hearts of long, who long for liberty. But fear, my fear is we have a problem with many Americans not understanding freedom not trusting or longing for liberty. They have no respect for life, for liberty, for they don't even care about being happy. They seem to be most unhappy. And they seem to prefer government slavery. So hoist your flag up today, folks, because we will stand for freedom and ponder for a moment what we can do to preserve that liberty for our children so that they will also live free. To the republic for which it stands. That's what it says. doesn't say to the democracy. It says to the republic for which it stands. Perhaps that's what scares some people most. They just simply don't know what to do with freedom. I have a General Douglas MacArthur quote that I want to use going into the show today. I'm concerned for the security of our great nation, not so much because of any threat from without, but because of the insidious forces working from within No matter where we are in this nation's existence, there will always be forces trying to bring us down. My guest today is no stranger to CSE Talk Radio or those evil forces. He's fought them. It's Michael Cutler, retired INS senior special agent. And our topic today is the illegal invasion. I'm sorry, illegal immigration. Welcome back, Mike. I have one phrase to get you started. We're in a heap of trouble, aren't we?
1: Are you we are Beth then. thank you so much for having me a great introduction i appreciate it you know i was with the former immigration service for 30 years just so your audience knows and i've testified before numerous uh, congressional hearings in the house the senate been around the country uh, testifying before state legislative bodies and i gave testimony to the 9-11 commission and what's so amazing was is that shortly after 9-11 it was the Republicans and the Democrats who wanted me to testify to figure out how we protect our nation from the next attack.
4: Um,
1: I don't know if the folks out there remember, but just about six months after 9-11, to everyone's horror, it was discovered that two of the dead terrorists, Mohammed Atta and Marwan al Shehhi, had been granted authorization to attend, of all things, flight school. Those two thugs were in the two cockpits of the two airliners that crashed into the two towers of the World Trade Center just about 10 miles from where I live. I'm a native New Yorker. I live in Brooklyn. And it was Sheila Jackson Lee, Democrat, who, in coordination with Jim Sensenbrenner, because in those days the Republicans controlled the House and Senate, Sensenbrenner, Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, got together and asked me to testify before a hearing that was to be convened to discuss how in the world we could have screwed up that badly and of course they testified <laughs> that hearing is part of the permanent library at c span but both parties the leadership back then understood the threat we faced from open borders and i could point to testimony from sheila jackson lee at hearings where i testified where she chided george w bush not properly funding immigration law enforcement and right, providing detention spaces.
0: Let's hang right there. That. The threat of open borders. We're going to hang right there. We're headed into a break, Mike. I took up too much time. I always do. But we're going to cover this when we come back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio with Beth Ann and Mike Cutler. And we'll be right back. LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. to preserve liberty and bring America home. And we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Mike Culler, retired INS senior special agent, and he has been there, boots on the ground. And as we were going into that break, he was talking about his testimony before the 9-11 commission And how everyone there knew that there was a threat to the United States when we had open borders. And I'm going to let you take it from there, Mike.
3: Sure.
1: Actually, it was was a hearing that was held. The testimony was on a separate occasion. Okay. I've done something like 17 hearings. And Uh it's not just illegal immigration. It's the way that we give out visas. In fact, the the first time I testified before Congress was four and a half years before 9-11, and it was about immigration fraud and visa fraud, how aliens came to America lying about their identities, claims for political asylum, all sorts of relevant issues. And the reason for that hearing in May of 97 were two terror attacks carried out in the United States in 1993. The bombing at the CIA by an individual by the name – I'm sorry, the shooting at the CIA by an individual by the name of Mackenzie, a Pakistani national who had lied on an application for political asylum – he drove a van, a delivery van into the parking lot of the CIA. He had a permit to do so, jumped out with an AK-47, opened fire, killed two CIA officers, wounded three others, and fled the country. The very next month, February 93, two illegal aliens who had violated their immigration status from the Middle East were involved with driving the bomb into the garage of the trade center and detonating it one illegal alien rented the van the other one drove it and today we have sanctuary cities across sanctuary states across the country providing driver's licenses to illegal aliens think about that we're not being attacked by airplanes but by motor vehicles around the world being used by terrorists as conveyance of choice you go to cities and what do you see in the heart of the city barricades against truck bombs and car bombs but we're giving licenses to people without knowing who in the world they are uh, we've seen mass shootings and it, it it made me sick to see what happened in texas oh, yeah. all of these shootings as an immigration agent uh, i was by the way i spent half my 30-year career with the drug task force i was the first INS agent assigned to the unified intelligence division of dea the Drug Enforcement Administration. And then I was promoted to the position of senior INS special agent and assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. So I had desks at the FBI, DEA, ATF. I worked with foreign governments. Uh, In fact, my very first fraud case caused me to trip over a terror plot in Israel. Back in 1977 or 76, we prevented the bombing of an oil refinery in Israel. So I'd seen... Devastation, we've seen the threats that we face. I was happy to get guns off the street being wielded by bad guys. In one case, I took five guns out of the house of a Jamaican drug dealer, including a sort of shotgun. But the idea that guns are the problem is crazy. It's the people who wield the guns that is the problem. (laughs) When drunk drivers mow people down, no one says get the cars off the road. They say get the drunks off the road. You see, so we've lost our mind. And I I want to talk about my latest article about how now sanctuary cities are actually providing sanctuary and encouragement for the use of illegal drugs, including fentanyl, crack and so forth. But I do have to make an observation about the insanity of what we're doing. The same people that are screaming for gun control want nothing to do with actually locking up people who are found to possess firearms. Yes. (laughs) You take the gun off the street and you put the guy back out on the street, and I guarantee you he or she will be able to get their hands on a gun in short order. And it used to be that guns were far more readily available across America and there were no mass shootings. So what has happened? Well, our, our society is becoming dysfunctional by design. And for full disclosure, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat. I'm a labor guy. My dad was my biggest hero along with my mom. He was a construction worker, a tradesman and tradesmen rock. They built this country. Yes, they did. My dad was a plumber and without plumbers and construction workers like him and his, and other trades, We'd all be sitting in fields out in the middle of the wilderness. There'd be no radio. There'd be no technology. Blue-collar America is at the heart of our country. And what we've been witnessing is an erosion of the way people look at people who actually get their hands dirty for a living. We look at the way con artists have made their way into politics to scam us. We look at the way that money has been pouring into political campaigns at unprecedented levels. And what they euphemistically refer to as a campaign contribution, which is nonsense, is really a bribe. I was not allowed to accept a cup of coffee when I was on duty as a federal agent, and I agree with that policy. I got a medal from the government of Japan. The Japanese police gave me a medal for helping them with one of their major drug investigations. And by the way... um, Immigration is not about race or religion or ethnicity. It's simply about keeping out those people who are not citizens who pose a threat to public safety, public health, national security, or the jobs and wages of Americans. What in the world is wrong with that? Mm -hmm. When that government provided me with that medal, and it was a proxy ceremony held in Tokyo, a DEA agent had to stand in for me to accept my award, and it was sent to me. Before I could take it home, my bosses had to make the decision— that the materials it was made out of were not worth more than thirty-five dollars, or I could not have kept that medal. It would have been hung on the wall at headquarters in Washington. I wish our politicians had to live with the same restriction. What do you think of that, Beth Ann?
0: Oh, I agree. I'm not even sure that today the the uh, FBI and the CIA live by that same.
1: <laughs> you God know? only knows because they've been they've been perverted by. By politicians. You know, I'm Jewish. There's an old Yiddish expression that says when the fish goes bad, it smells from the head.
0: <laughs> so I
1: agree. If, if, if you're not happy with civil servants, don't blame them. Blame the people who give them their marching orders when they go on duty every
3: day. Yeah,
0: amen to that. Right? A- amen,
1: and, and yeah. Uh, you, when you were talking about where we are with everything... I think that, really, uh, George Orwell got it right. He said that the most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their own history. Isn't that exactly what's going on today?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much here to to put into one show here. There's, uh, I had... We know that they're breaking the the law. We We know that the people that are in charge are breaking the law. The President of the United States is breaking the law. Is he not? Well,
1: he is, and he's encouraging everyone else to. And, and, you know, so let's let's go to my article. You know, I do a lot of writing for Front Page Magazine. Uh, I've been working with them. It's sponsored by the David Horowitz Freedom Center. I've been writing for them since 2014. And my latest article, Sanctuary Cities, now provides sanctuary for deadly illegal drugs. The subtitle, the New York City Health Department, now shows how to use them safely. You know, about 35 (laughs) years ago, Bethann, maybe 40 years ago, I was bitten by a dog on duty. I was executing arrest warrants. I was in a backyard. Dog charged me, bit me on the backside. After we made the arrest and did whatever we had to do, I was driven to the ER and you know a doc made sure that he cleaned out the wound and gave me some shots and so forth and while he was talking to me he asked me if i used recreational drugs that was the first time i heard that expression and i was taken aback this was in the mid 80s and i said recreational drugs i I said tennis is recreation fishing is recreation um stamp collecting is recreation using drugs is not recreation what are you talking about and he said you know i tend to agree with you mr Cutler." But we've been told that that's the way to ask the question if you use street drugs.
0: Language.
1: Uh, and so even back then, the goal seemed to have been to start to normalize the use of drugs. Think of the concerted effort that has been highly successful to convince people to not smoke cigarettes, which is a good thing. But now we're being told that it's okay. So I, when I first heard about this on Bill Maher, and Bill Maher seems to be – leaning more towards the center. Some of his programs have become interesting again. Yes,
0: they have
1: been. (laughs) Right? Well, you know, I I think he was afraid he was about to be canceled. But the, the point of the matter is, I don't ride the subways generally. I'm retired. There's no reason to. Even though my youngest son is actually working as an engineer for the company that's building the new subway cars. But Bill Maher talked about how there were signs on the subway cars telling people, that it is empowering to be able to control your use of drugs. And I said, that can't possibly be. So I went to the New York City Board of Health website, and they have a how-to guide for drugs. I kid you not. Let me just read this real quickly. Um, And I know we're going into a break momentarily, but I want your audience to think about this. This is from the New York City Board of Health, okay? Fentanyl use can increase your risk of overdose, especially if you do not regularly use opioids. Fentanyl has been found in many different drugs, including heroin, crack, cocaine, methamphetamine, ketamine, and pills from non-medical sources. Non-medical sources. Pushers, right? (laughs) Anyone who uses drugs that may contain fentanyl, even occasionally, may be at risk of overdose. To prevent an overdose, avoid using alone and take turns. Start with a small dose and go slowly. Start. So they're encouraging you to begin this terrible addiction. Uh, keep Loxalone ready and on hand. Avoid mixing drugs, and test your drugs using fentanyl test strips.
0: Oh, this is crazy! My goodness gracious! Uh, it's crazy. So we're going to legalize the drugs. That's what they want to do, and then disarm the citizens. They're legalizing all kinds of crime, but they're going to disarm the citizens. <clears throat> it's just crazy. And yes, we're headed into a break. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. Mike Cutler and Beth Ann will be
2: right back.
1: EpicTimes.com. we at freedom factor have a passion for our shared american heritage and want to help restore some of that american pride by emphasizing the documents that made us americans our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every american and in every school this effort requires your help Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it. Know it. Share it. Freedomfactor.org.
2: Come. Com.